This week's episode of the True Bypass Podcast is made possible by our sponsor, Byron Amplification. At Byron Amps, we put our heart and soul into handcrafted gear for working musicians, made to order right here in Columbia, Missouri. Tube amps, cabs, and pedals, handmade to order. Our specialties are vintage sounds off the beaten path with the versatility to help you find your voice. Go to ByronAmplification.com and see how we can help you find the tone you've always been looking for in a unique package customized just for you. All right, welcome back, everybody. Um, we've got another special guest. Um, we're uh, we're not quite as experienced with drummers, but we're really we've happy. Had one on. We've had one on, um, and it was a good one. Um, but we're not quite. We 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 love having drummers on because we we learn stuff. Right. I feel. Um, so we've got Mr. Ryan Hobart on. How's it going, Ryan? It's going great. Birthday twin. Birthday twin. That's yeah. right. I, was met, I met Bill taking a shot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> on, our, on our birthday. Um, I yeah. think he said rum, and somebody bought Rumplemans. Yeah, it was, it was Zach like Harrison, that. and I still give him shit about that every time. It was pretty entertaining. But I, <laughs> the funny thing about that is, is that night, and I don't condone doing what I did, ladies and gentlemen and children of all ages, but that night, because I was like pretty sober, like up until that point, like right. I had, had like a beer like an hour before the shot, so I was, you know, pretty normal. So I go up to see to say hi to Zach because he was actually that was the day when we recorded his episode. It was that night, um, and so I was like, hey, you know, good to meet you. Thanks for coming on the show and all that. He's like, Bill. I think he was a little he was a little toasted yeah, at that point too. Yeah, meet my friend Ryan. <laughs> it's his birthday today, right. and I'm like. July you're like, 7th? July, you're, uh, yeah, and I was like, oh, man. Like, it's my birthday so you, today. me, and Ringo Starr. Right, exactly. <laughs> on July 7th. And um, so it, it's greatness, obviously. Yeah, and, correct. Um, so he's like, here, we're gonna, we're all going to take a shot. I'm like, okay, cool. He's like, what, what do you want a shot of? And I said, rum. He heard... Rumplemints. Rumplemints. <laughs> Which is like drinking mouthwash. Right, yeah. exactly. If, if That's you've exactly never what I said. So I didn't even watch the bartender pour the shot or anything. I was, you know, talking and all that. And all of a sudden I've got the, you know, the shot in front of me. I'm like, okay, cool. I guess it's a clear rum. <laughs> Throw it back. I'm like, whoa. Yeah, I've never the, done the that. The look on your face. I was like, he was not expecting no, that. He was at not all. prepared for that. No. And I was like, whoa, I wasn't expecting that. And Zach was just like, what do you mean? He's like, I'm like, that was like mouthwash. He's like, yes. you asked for rumplements, right? I said, no, I said rum, but it tastes like, you know, drinking a candy cane or exactly. something. Right. Like a candy cane made by scope. I'm yeah, surprised and, uh, they actually had them. Cause that's usually like a Christmas shot, isn't it? I have, I don't know. I've never had it before or since. It's, it's but, one yeah. of those, like people who work at bars ask for it. Right. <laughs> Normal people don't drink it. Right. No. And so anyway, I was just like, keep talking for a little bit of like, well, I got to go home. It's getting late. And I was still feeling pretty sober at this point until I was crossing college to go yeah. back to my to where I was living at the time. And right as I crossed college, boom, it hits. I'm just like, whoa. There was a lot of alcohol in that <laughs> shit. Yeah, man. It's, it's an experience. It's yes, not it something is. that I would normally order. Right. I no. I definitely Ubered home that yeah, night. I probably should have. And I, um, I was playing that night, so I... Came back the next morning and like got my car that had my drum set in it and picked it up the next day. <laughs> oh man! I so, ladies, gentlemen, children of all ages, don't drink and drive. Warning if, against Rumplemans. Warning yeah. against Rumplemans too. If you feel sober while you're drinking Rumplemans, you soon won't be. Yeah, pretty much. It won't happen immediately, but it will happen. Yeah. So you know, careful 
Careful out there. Little PSA. Yeah, attached PSA. to the podcast. Exactly. Right, yeah. Don't drink and drive, Don't drink especially and drive. if you've had Rumplemans. Yeah. Um, and be careful asking Zach Harrison for a shot. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Second PSA. I was, I was, we cut, we, okay, so we saw Zach Harrison last night at the Molly yeah. Healy show. Shout out to Zach. Yeah, great uh, show. Great show. Um, but they, uh, they killed it. And then, like, uh, we, we were gonna try and we were gonna hang out after, but I was, we, ha- I had to clean before we came. Right. Um, I didn't do much cleaning, but, um, uh, I was kind of, he was like, I think he, he wanted us to hang out and maybe like do, do some drinking. And I was, I knew that story and I was like, eh, no, I don't know about that. <laughs> He's going <laughs> to give me prepared. some drink that I've never heard of. And right. Then I'm gonna yeah. Plastic. I'm going to be, dr- I'm going to be like, have a minty taste in my mouth when I wake up in the morning. Right. Exactly. It's gonna be, yeah. No fun. Um, so um ryan you are uh what i would call like you're a utility guy i feel like with a lot of yeah (laughs) with a lot of the a lot of the projects around columbia um and i don't want to butcher all the things that you do sure so why don't you kind of go over what uh kind of what you do i'm sure i will leave something out and it's not (laughs) because i'm insulting anybody but it's It's good to leave stuff out then i i just get asked to do a lot of like one-off things like if somebody Mm -hmm. needs a sub or something i really enjoy kind of like flying by the seat of my pants for lack of a better phrase but um some of my main gigs i play with byron and uh ben drummond in a band mm-hmm. called mercury trio and yeah. we'll do yeah. you know we'll do some like bar gigs where we play all night just like blues band kind of stuff a lot of covers and everything and then we do tribute shows or like one-off little things around town like we we did the hendrix night where we had a bunch of yeah. different guitarists play which was extremely fun that's like that was that's probably my favorite show yeah that was a lot of fun fun show uh and we do led zeppelin and tom petty and bands like that we've done like radiohead project with a couple other different people zach harrison was in that um Mm -hmm. and a couple other folks from around town but we'll do a lot of those kind of things one-off things uh and different variations of the band but that's like the main lineup and we kind of add people on people always laugh to like oh you're an actual trio tonight there's not <laughs> right. extra people singing or playing or whatever right. um and then i play in the tanner lee band which is kind of like a southern rock uh, yeah. country yeah. kind of thing and barcella's ghost which is a little like folk trio and then a bunch of other one-off gigs so it's nice. a lot of fun that was really cool. Yeah, we got to see the Tanner Lee band at uh, Byron, Byron Fest. Fest, right? And that was that was a time. Yeah, yeah. That's the, 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 those guys sound great. Um, but uh, we 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 kind of we ba- I when you were kind of going over your projects, I was like, wow, I've seen like every single one of these. Right. Sure, um, sure. And uh, it's always I, I I'm interested to hear your kind of perspective as far as like you know uh, being being that like utility guy. And like what what it's kind of like what you consider like the benefits of of it are and like what kind of you get out of it I guess yeah well I listen to like I, everything I don't know I listen to any kind of music I'm really like open minded about what I listen to and when I play and like my favorite drummers as I've gotten older are all those kind of like session players or yeah. Yeah. like fill in guys or whatever you know yeah. like Steve Jordan or mm-hmm. who plays yeah. with John Mayer or uh, Jim Keltner, who's played with like yeah. every Beatle solo right. project yeah. or whatever, <laughs> even Ringo. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. If you're Ringo's drummer, you got to be pretty right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that as I've gotten older and I've kind of figured out what I want to do with music, I've sort of settled on that. You mm-hmm. know, 
I like playing in bands full time, but I also really like playing all sorts of different kinds of music and right. sitting in with people and just kind of using my chops for whatever right. different thing comes up. So yeah. And in Columbia, it's a little bit harder to do if you were living somewhere like Chicago or Nashville yeah. or LA, it'd be different, but I've kind of like found a little niche to yeah. do yeah. that around here and sort of gotten known for it. You know, I've gotten to the point where I have to say no to people, which is weird. I yeah. never thought I yeah. would, but <laughs> it's good to it's, say no. It's yeah. good. To, yeah. I mean, I'd, in some ways it makes you feel like a total tool because it's like, no, I can't do it. But in some ways it's like, well, at least I'm getting enough work right to where i can that that must mean i'm doing something right 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 right. it's it's always a compliment you know yeah and i hate turning down gigs like the way i think i got kind of known for this is i told myself like four or five years ago i'm gonna say yes to everything unless i absolutely can't do it or it doesn't jive with my playing or like it's too complicated or just it had to not feel right for me to say no otherwise Mm -hmm. i was full in just gigging as much as possible and i'm still doing that pretty much you know playing every weekend yeah when i can that is that's awesome right and then when it when it comes to like approaching the uh i'm i always ask i was like asking byron this question and it's it's always cool seeing the perspectives but what um when it comes to playing like the cover gigs like you've done with byron what is what's kind of your approach when it comes to like diving into the world of like whatever drummer you're kind of like you know Um, gonna be first off i just listen to it ad nauseum you know mm-hmm. I, I get a little sick of it after a while right. i mean that's probably not the right way to put it but i listen to it so much that it just kind of like in my sleep i'm probably hearing those songs or whatever right yeah. and then for ones that are more complicated i have a system of like notes right so i'll like this is totally not the way you're supposed to do this stuff but <laughs> i'll print like lyric sheets and then write little notes on the side if okay I, if okay. i'm having yeah. trouble learning a song that's how i right do it so if you ever see me playing those shows and like looking down or looking over at a piece of paper that's that's probably <laughs> what i'm doing but right we've uh, all done it <laughs> yeah yeah it's some um, like fit my playing more than others like the u2 one we just did it was like i just sat down and had heard those songs a million times and just knew them and it fit really well i don't know i didn't know i played a lot like him until i tried it you yeah know? yeah but it was it was a lot of fun and it was like so easy compared to the Radiohead one, was way harder than I ever thought it would be. Yeah. Like, you don't listen to those drum parts and go, man, he's doing crazy stuff yeah. i mean like uh i'm i'm i'm, I'm the radiohead fan on this right. on this podcast and i will i will go, i will go to bat with you on that like uh phil selway is the name yeah yes he's i mean you think you like when you listen to radiohead you're like man it can't be that complicated but then like you dive in on like any any part in that band and you're like no it's it's, it's crazy a lot. and you gotta count everything yeah like there's no it's not your typical like 12 bars and then you go somewhere else mm-hmm. or whatever. You know, like if you're playing blues, you don't have to think about it. You yeah. can hear when right. like a turnaround's coming or whatever. With those songs, you have to count every single part. That's crazy. Yeah. There's a show or song called Talk Show Host. You know that yep. song? Mm-hmm. I was just counting that entire song <laughs> or else I would screw it up. Like I couldn't just internalize it. I had to like count it out and look at notes the whole time or else I would play something wrong right it's nuts and i considering that you guys did you guys did paranoid android and the changes in that song are like i mean it's insane like the time signatures and everything that's going on in that song are crazy also not letting it fly into space is really hard yeah because like you know you're playing the mellow parts and then it gets into those like 
really spacey guitar solo parts and it just you like get through this really slow part and then you just want to speed everything up right exactly and you have to hold it back so yeah it it was a fun song to play but it was always like you know like when you see a western movie right. and, the, and the, <laughs> the carriage is just going over the edge and you see the guy pulling back on right. the reins that's how i felt a lot of times in wow. that show. yeah man i and i am so bummed i missed that one because i think i was out of town but i was i like marked down on my calendar i'm like i'm gonna fucking go to that because that's like that's like one of my favorite albums Same. ever yeah yeah and when byron brought it up i'm like 100 i would do that yeah. you know in high school for a while it was like all i listened to for mm-hmm. a couple months or whatever and still one of those albums that like if i'm just sitting around and want to listen to something i'll put it on so yeah that and in rainbows i think in rainbows was like that's when i got like my musical like credibility i feel like sure. in high school <laughs> like i was like oh i, I listen to radiohead cool i'm, I'm neat <laughs> and then like um but and then after that like I don't know you if know, i ever had that moment yeah yeah um in, in but, Rain- there's like radiohead fans like the if you're a little bit older, you're like the OK Computer guys or Kid yeah. A guys. And then if you're a little younger, you're the In Rainbows crew. Like, there's all these people who yeah, are like, are. In Rainbows is the best album ever. I'm like, I'm going to sound super old. But like, <laughs> have, you, have you listened to The Benz or OK Computer? Because yeah. mm-hmm. both those albums I love. Those yeah. those two albums are just killer. Yeah, no, I, lo- I love The Benz. I love... I, I mean, I, I basically loved everything. But like... I think... That fell off. Okay. <laughs> Um, but the, uh, in rainbows is the only album I think of theirs that I'm like, literally any mood I can be in that's, I can listen to that album, but like, okay, computer, like politically and like socially a lot lately, I can put that album on and be like, yep, yep, here we are. It's a heavy album. You're not going to be like sitting around on a Saturday night drinking beers, listening to that album. Oh yeah. (laughs) I mean, It's, it's a really active listening heavy heavy you gotta be in a certain way for thing. it oh yeah. sure and yeah. then all the uh i don't know if you caught the 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 sorry we're just gonna talk about radiohead for cool because i know um, I, I will talk about radiohead, as <laughs> I long as you want. radiohead um but uh I don't, did you catch the um the re-release that they did of it with all the b-sides and stuff yes dude yeah they're so good we did at least one of those palo alto oh that that's a great song yeah um i i when i heard uh uh what was it the one uh what is it it's in front of the lift yeah lift is an amazing song all of them i'm like i wish they could have just made they should just made that a double album no kidding like, had yeah. all that stuff on there yeah um but i'm one more thing mm-hmm. oh, sorry bill no you're good have you ever heard the the theory that uh the, the like the in rainbows is like a, a is like a companion to okay computer yes okay i've done it and it's like have you have you like done the uh, track like, order you know I've listened to it a little bit, but I'd probably have to sit down and actually do it. It's it's kind of Byron weird. Byron told me that actually. He was the one who pointed that out to me. It's it's kind of weird. Like it's weird how like the the regular album flows, but like if you put like an OK Computers, like if you put if you like sandwich an In Rainbows song in between one OK Computer right. two OK Computers songs, it like somehow translates. I've done it. And I put it in a playlist in like I, Napster. I have no doubt that was somehow planned. Oh yeah. I've no the way that band functions. I have no doubt that's what they meant oh yeah and i'm like like everyone's like uh, you know a lot of the radiohead theories online and all this other stuff that like oh man they're a real complicated band but people just think they're complicated i'm like no they're complicated Mm -hmm. try to play those songs and you'll realize how intricate and thought through yeah each thing they do in them is when you're listening to it just like 
if it's on the background, you don't really recognize it. But once you like dig into them, yeah, they are super complicated, man. Yeah. It's kind of like Pink Floyd. It's kind of this, oh yeah, kind of similar. Mm-hmm. And that's another you, one I wanted to talk about because we, we you 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 did the wall as well, and you do the interstellar overdrive. No, that's we the, both have beards, so maybe we get confused. Okay, that's that's a guy a, named Johnny Lazar. Oh, okay. Sorry, but my we bad. Look, we look very similar. Okay, and I'm not insulted <laughs> at all by that because he's a great drummer and a okay. good dude. People think that because I do so many things, so many projects with Byron. Oh, okay, gotcha. I was the guy holding the ladder when Byron oh, was right. on top. Yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so. no, I remember. I think I just associated like seeing you in that and like, oh, he's playing the drums. Yeah, I, I would rather play the drums than do that. <laughs> it that was whole, so stressful. That whole ladder portion, like the entire time that show, like I, I was having some low key anxiety there. I was like, man. I was Don't having fall. a lot like, of anxiety, right. I, I, like, an extreme amount of anxiety. I couldn't, I couldn't actually watch Byron play that guitar because I was like, "Don't fall." Right? He, like, like he was pretty steady, but every once in a while, you know, he'd get into one of those like bends or something, and it would shake a little bit. And there's this guy named Tim Carey who's a great singer songwriter around mm-hmm. town, and he was standing off to the side, and I like made eye contact with him, and he, his eyes got really big, and his head started shaking, and he started <laughs> laughing. I'm like, yeah. If he falls, he's gonna fall right on me. But yeah. Thank God that didn't happen oh for my many God. reasons. Right. Yeah. And it like it was weird because I was just like, "This is the coolest thing I've ever seen," but also I'm like so concerned that he's gonna die. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, oh man. Um. Yeah. No. But um. What would you say is like your? I mean, do you have a favorite tribute act that you do, or I? I do you have a favorite show that you've you've done? I really with it? the Hendrix show. Yeah. Is super fun. I think. I don't know. Mitch Mitchell kind of fits the way I play yeah. really well. Mm-hmm. I love John Bonham, but I'm better at Mitch Mitchell. I yeah. can admit that readily. But mm-hmm. uh, I think that one has been like a highlight. The, the two times we've done it, and I just get to play with like all these ripping guitar players. So yeah, and get to play with otherwise, and get to befriend them, and like you know make more connections, which leads to other things. And yeah, it's just it's a really fun night. Mm-hmm. I know you guys were there. It's yeah. just like very communal right yeah the atmosphere around that show was it was amazing because it felt like the world's best like kegger band like in in the sense of it's like so one minute you'll be standing next to somebody and then three minutes later they're up on stage and it's for sure like it it was i I mean I, i don't say that disparagingly it's no like, oh, but it's i didn't like, take it that way but that's what it felt like it was like this is like being at a friend's house somebody's got a keg ice down and they're tapping it and meanwhile the guy you were just talking to is like well i gotta go like i gotta go play for I gotta a, rip a solo real i gotta go right. play manic depression real quick. yeah right. okay. and, <laughs> and then they come back it's like so anyway it was like whoa that was i mean it was a fun fun night and i've never been more like spent after show after like three and a half hours of oh my songs That'll but, but kill it was, you, yeah. oh my gosh yeah i think the next day i just laid in bed at least <laughs> half the day right um it was so funny because we when we walked in like we saw uh we we walked in and we hit our we hit we had already booked zach zito yeah um but we we i'd never we, actually seen we'd him. never actually seen him in person and we were like like we were just sitting there like chilling and like you know you know listening and everything like that and then he gets up on stage and plays and we're like Oh yeah, we're gonna have him on the show. That's weird. Right. He's exactly. a killer guitar player. Oh my god, yeah. I mean he's got all of his dad's like skill right, and yeah. everything. And his own, like oh right. my god. Yeah, he's definitely he's one of those when I've heard him play, you can like you know it's him. You know? Yeah. He's got his own voice on an yeah. instrument, which is uh 
a rare thing, especially like as young as he is. Mm-hmm. That's not an insult either. It's just very mature, right? Yeah, player for his age, definitely. And I'm just I got to shout out this guy because he's my friend and a, and a good drummer. The drummer in Loose Loose, Jacob Summer oh Scales. Yeah. So good. That so band. It's, it's oh funny my God. That, that we bring it up because I was just thinking about... I, I've been hey, thinking Bill, about before this. you go on, can you pop that pop filter on real quick? Yeah. You got a lot of plosives in your voice. I got a lot of what? Your plosives? I don't even know what that means. Neither, neither I don't do think I. it'll fit. The what? I don't know what that you're, means. You're, plosives is like when... It's like a studio term for when you go... Uh, and like... Uh, you got a lot of sharpness in your voice, uh, so... The filter that's already on it is not doing its job. I don't think this filter will fit. Okay, we'll so we'll I'll deal just, with it. <laughs> I'll just sit farther back. We'll power good? through it. No, that doesn't do. That doesn't help. Just doesn't just help fuck help. it. Just okay. go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Need to get a bigger filter. Um, yeah. Magic of podcasting. Yeah, right. there we you do go. this live, so you know. This is how the sausage is made, people. Exactly. Yeah. Um. So it 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 it, it dawned on me. This is a few weeks ago. You know, we, we generally have a lot of guitar players on this show, right? So, you know, we had we have Jason Caton on. We have Byron on, who, you know, plays a lot of guitar. Right. We've had Brent Moore. You know, all these guys come on. Columbia has really got a solid, very, very solid stable of drummers. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. I was I mean, think, thinking about that this morning. Right. It's crazy. You know, we've got shay spence who's been on you know you are a very good drummer yeah thank Um, you the guy in why am i forgetting his name now we just saw him last night danny 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 Danny, yeah yeah, that guy he is wicked right yeah you know the um jacob summer scales yeah and brian kent brian kent yeah don't mind dying i mean i'm i'm literally forgetting yeah Uh, it's just it's you can swing a dead cat in this town well and i think we're all like drummer buddies you know like you know, we may not talk like every week or anything, right. but whenever I see any of them, there's like this mutual friendship right. thing that there's, I think everyone says this, but there's not this like competition right. that yeah. there sometimes can be in a music scene. It's really communal and people don't feel like they're stepping on each other's toes. It's, it's fun. Like the local fest every year. Yeah. yeah. It's just like a big party where everybody gets to hang out together and play. Oh. And even if they're not playing that year, they're all... They're right. watching. Like I wasn't playing this year, but I spent all day there, and every band just killed it. Yeah, you know they were all kind of like feeding off each other, not competing, but just like kind of thriving off of each other's energy. Right. right. And all the sets were just so 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 good. Yeah. It's like that kegger thing I was talking about. It's, it's like right. one minute you're, you're, right. you're talking to, you know, you're talking to somebody from Violent in the Undercurrents, and then they're like, "Oh, well, uh, we got to go load up real quick." see ya and then they go play a show and then you know it's it's a really great atmosphere it's, yeah yeah i when I've, I've been here 12 years off and on and it was like that a little bit when i first moved here but mm-hmm. in the past five years or so it's gotten to be this really cool like everybody working towards the same goal right of going to each other's shows of supporting each other's music of of not tearing people down trying to like build people up or find ways to like do projects on the side with each other. It's, right. it's really awesome. And it's, it's in what your guys, what you guys are doing feeds into it perfectly. Like, yeah. When you ask me we, to, we, to be on, I'm like, Oh, the guy who like, everybody's like, <laughs> who is that? He's playing in this band one off thing. Like sometimes people are like, how many bands are you in? You know, yeah. but I'm really glad you asked me to be on. And it just, all of it kind of is feeding into each other and it's making this really cool 
communal atmosphere that yeah. was there always a little bit, but I feel like it just is getting stronger and stronger each yeah. year. I mean, I think it makes going to shows more fun, too. Right. Because, I mean, I know for us, it's always great when we go to show, and then you see somebody else from somebody who's not even playing. Right. right. And then you guys talk. We talk for a bit, and then... Yeah. You know, it, I mean, and even even for people that don't, I mean, aren't like, uh, I guess, a part of it, like people that don't like, I mean, not everybody that does a podcast, not everybody right. else is in a band. But if you're if you're just like a fan of music, like it's a great atmosphere because, I mean, you can just go there and you see people interacting. Right. And it's like there's like, something to this. And there's always something going on, too. Yeah. Like next weekend, like we have to f- pick what like I have to pick what I'm going to. Right. Like it's I like I think I got to do some show hopping. Right. Like I got to be a little bit. At this one show, and then go to another one, and then maybe even a third one that I'm forgetting right. about. I'm, okay, yeah. I'm looking forward to that in excess one. Shit, because that's the one. That's the one. It's yeah. gonna be. I've been involved in a bunch of these cover shows, and when Byron's like, "I'm gonna ask Shay to do this," I'm like, "That's awesome. Yeah. I will be there to see what it's like." You know, like yeah. it'll be a cool perspective. But when you have Shay on drums and Linda Bott from Oh God, Violet yeah, that's gonna be. It's gonna be. That's just like an awesome rhythm section. Yeah, I just. It's worth five or six bucks, right? Exactly. <laughs> just to watch them, just to watch, watch the yeah. two of them. Yeah. Um, it, it, little teaser. Byron sent me a uh, an like a little wave file of it, their rehearsal of "Don't Change." Yeah, they're getting it. F- fucking killer. He sent he sent it to me too. I was. It's in, so good. Yeah. I don't know if he told everybody he was doing that, but that's what. Yeah, I was like, I don't know this song that well. I like. I think that's why when he he asked me if I knew in excess, I'm like, I know him, and he's like, oh. Okay, cool. I'm gonna ask Shay to do this. Like, <laughs> do that. Yeah. Play a show with her because I will. I will be there and I want to see that happen. You know. Right. But I listened to the the clip, which he said was from like the end of a four hour practice, and then I listened to that song, and they're like hitting all these parts. Yeah. Note for note. Oh yeah. There. The yeah. little the little inflections that I don't know the, the drummer for an excess, but the uh, the little inflections John into Ferris. each into each pattern is just like crazy. It's think yeah there's like three ferris brothers yeah, <laughs> yeah. i don't know that john tim or like dave or something right, yeah. right. fucking dave. australian guy <laughs> right for yeah. sure um i i would i when byron told me he 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 uh uh, he was doing that. I like stopped him mid sentence, and I was like, "You have to do don't 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 change." Yeah, and that, that has to be the last song you play. Yeah, because like I I told him like any movie if you if you want to have an iconic like if your movie sucks right sure let's say you're you have like this like teen drama movie that sucks like you know it sucks put don't change at the very end of it and, it, and it'll be a good movie people are gonna be like oh I like the ending of that movie yeah exactly. Like any any time that movie is in the end of a movie, like it, it could be in the slow clap part, right? right exactly. But yeah, no, I that's I'm I'm very excited for that. Yeah. But that that's what's so, just so cool about the scene is that like we can go see an NX tribute one night, yeah, and then like on the same night, like I think Nate White's band is yeah. playing in at the that's Blue Note, right? Yeah, Alec Davis, Alec mm-hmm. Davis, yeah. yeah, which I I want to go see, but like. There's like I, I know the fact that I have That's to choose is like I have to make yeah yeah the it's, fact that we have to choose is crazy it's a good show. problem to have right exactly know? yeah um and we like when we were out last night I think that there was still something going on at the Blue Note there was something going on at Cafe Berlin I think too yeah um, you guys were playing in Jeff City yeah right mm-hmm. yeah how, was, how'd that go it was it's good man sometimes those four hour gigs get to be a real slog you know <laughs> yeah. yeah but. And I'll call us out on being slackers a little bit. We didn't practice before it, but it was fine. Like it kind of, it felt 
fresh, you know? So, yeah. And it's good to just, like, stretch your legs and go through your, like, whole catalog of songs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. And even if by the end there's, like, 10 inebriated people <laughs> sitting there listening to you, you right. still... You know, you get paid a decent amount. You get to, yeah. It's like yeah. getting paid to practice a little bit. Oh yeah, so. exactly. And it, it keeps you fresh, and you're playing and everything like that mm-hmm. too, which is good. Um, cool. Well, I mean, I, before I keep going, Bill, did you you want anything you want to talk about? I mean, the main thing that I wanted to point th- who talking is hard. The main point that I wanted to make was just it was what I said earlier about just there being an immense pool of drum talent in this town. Right. Like I said, we met, and I already forgot. You know, I'd forgotten BK. Yeah, that dude is an amazing drummer. We've got literally no shortage of it. Mm. You know, like I said, we 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 um on this show we often we get guitar players right more often than not. Right. We somebody could do a show in this town, and if anybody's out there who wants to do a podcast or something (laughs) and wants to do one about the drumming in this town, I feel like you could do that. Right. Definitely. Um. You know, I feel like of, of everything in our little. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Community? Community, yeah. Yeah. I should have thought of that word a lot faster than I did. It's a pretty easy word to think of. Right. We've said it like 12 times yeah. in this podcast alone. It's a Saturday morning. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Things are a little slower. Um, right. A yeah. little cobwebby. Right. Um, but like, I feel like if there's anything in our community that like, in my opinion, doesn't get quite enough attention, it's that. I mean, I don't know... Just about every band that I go see in this town on any sort of regular basis at all. They've got such got, a solid drummer. I, right. I would agree with you. And I can't... It's in the works, and I'm, I can't see the band or whatever, but I'm working on with Byron a kind of like... Like the Hendrix thing was for a guitarist, mm-hmm. a show where we're going to like rotate the drum seat. Oh, that's so cool. So, and it's a band I'm sure a lot of people like. You can't. You can't say anything. I don't want to. It's like not on the books. It's really early. Okay. So. Could you uh-huh. tell? Could you tell us like after you're done? After we're sure. done. Sure. Yeah, yes. Now I'm. Now I'm really curious. But now I'm but this will keep people engaged. Yeah. Meeting. Exactly. It'll keep the. It'll yeah. It'll satisfy us at the end. Yeah. And then I'm, yeah. It's a band that's very near and dear to my heart, and a drummer who's like I think one of the top five like rock drummers of all time, in my opinion. Wow. So. That's a, that's a okay, that's a now, tease and a half. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, cool. Well, everybody look out for that. Um, yeah. Cool. So wait, let's, let's talk about drumming then. Um, what, like, I'm kind of just interested to hear your background as far as it goes, because, um, it's always, I always just, I love hearing people's story of how, like, they approach drumming, sure. how, how they, they even it, got into it. Who um, sort of, you yeah, know, boils their potato in terms of, uh, yeah. of their own instrument. I was really lucky. Like when I was a little kid. Or like I don't know, whatever, ten or eleven. I was really, in, really into bands like Primus, which an eleven, eleven-year-old kid who's into Primus like is sort of weird, right? I'll readily admit that. Yeah. But so think- the drummer for them, Tim Alexander, kind of like really got me locked into like trying to learn drums or take drum lessons, mm-hmm. and I just bugged and bugged my parents until they bought me drums. Mm-hmm. And my dad actually found a guy for me to take lessons from. His name's Jim Riley, and he was in Kansas City for like two or three years. I took lessons from him for like a year or two. Then he said, oh, I'm moving to Nashville. I'm going to go try to make it out there. And I didn't hear anything about him for like a year or two. For like 15 years or longer than that, he's been 
the drummer and band leader for Rascal Flats. Holy which, shit. Well, yeah. <laughs> I'd say he made it. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like on the cover of Modern Drummer magazine wow. and stuff. And is a killer. I mean, even when I was a little little kid, like just learning, he'd sit down at the drum kit before <clears throat> a lesson and play like Fool in the Rain or something, mm-hmm. which that's you ask any one. drummer, that's like one of those holy grail drum beats that like right. I will work on it probably forever and mm-hmm. not nail it but he was he would just sit down and nail it mm-hmm. so i had no doubt that he was an awesome drummer but then he moved away and then i like picked up a copy of modern drummer and he was on the cover <laughs> that's nice and rascal flats not my like personal cup of tea but it's good music like yeah. they're all right. really talented and like any drummer who's wanting that kind of gig would would never turn something like that down and no oh. yeah He's uh, he was a really cool dude and like it was just kind of fun to see that happen or like you know and it a lot of it kind of transferred to me whether I knew it or not you know mm-hmm. even when I was like twelve just learning I still do things now that I think back and I learned from those lessons or like watching him play that's so, really cool and then in high school played in jazz bands and stuff mm-hmm. so in the in in my high school and then you know just gig out with buddies yeah. Then in college, I got away from it a little bit, unfortunately. Uh, but once I moved to Columbia, I actually ended up moving to Columbia partially because I was playing in a band and I got a job in Jeff City. Didn't feel like moving to Jeff City. No. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, and that band, actually, you mentioned Nate White. At, at a certain point, John and Nate White were in that band. So it's like oh, nice. this really, it's this pool of musicians. Right. Like everybody's kind yeah. of played with each other right. after right. a while. So that was kind of like my foray, foray into Columbia, and then it's just grown since then. You know, yeah. the way the way I got to know Byron is a really weird like instrumental band I was playing with. <laughs> Our bass player got like trapped in a snowstorm somewhere, <laughs> and Jeff Mueller, who who's moved on now, but he was a bass player in town for a long time, just called Byron to come sit in with us and. After the gig, he's like, I'm going to remember your name. I'm going to call you at some point. And then it was like two or three years later, but finally he was like, hey, do you want to play in this trio I've got? <laughs> so it's one of those things where it's like, right. don't turn down an opportunity. You no, know? definitely not. Yeah. I mean, some people, it's really easy to be like self-conscious and not think, you know, you got that imposter syndrome where you don't think you're oh, good yeah. enough. That's but, a real thing. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I still have it, you know? Yeah. And I probably always will a little bit, but that's what makes you try to get better right if people give you an opportunity you should take it if at all possible because you never know what's going to happen out of it right and if you're kind of like i guess if you're self-aware of your own like imposter syndrome like someone asking you to do something is a good confirmation sure sure and uh i'll brag on byron a little bit he's really good about like building people up and like yeah yeah (laughs) we can we can speak to that first yeah i mean that's kind of what he, that's kind of what he does. He's always like complimenting people or saying, and, and he'll like point out things you need to work on too. Right, exactly. I mean, I've played in a band with him for a few years now. I'm not saying he's all sunshine and rainbows. There's sometimes yeah. where we're, we're shooting daggers across the room at each other while yeah. we're playing, but that's just part of being a band. Right. Uh, but ninety nine percent of the time, he's saying, "Man, you're doing this great," or like, "I like how you're doing this," and he just kind of is really good at building people up and yeah. Yeah, increasing their like confidence in their skill yeah, and ability right. the, as a musician. Um, 
and and I'm not going to get too deep into this, but we we've, we've got something sort of on the horizon with him like this time next year. It's it's a ways off. But when we were talking about it, um he was you know, he's just like, "Oh, well, you should do this." I'm just like, "Oh man, I don't know if I can pull that off like just knowing how I play and all that." And he's like, "No, you can do the parts." Like yes. and I'm just like, yeah. "I think you should tell me." What, what yeah. it is. You, prob- you probably know then. Yeah, but it was just like, whoa. I... But, but no, man. Like it, it made me feel like, you know, like I was seven feet tall. Like, right. Every way, show, but... I, I do. I feel like that. Any any tribute thing, especially, I'm like, man, how am I, how am I supposed to play John Bonham drum parts and mm. right. not embarrass myself? Yeah. And so yeah. now it works out, you know? Right. Yeah. You may make a mistake here or there, but I mean... Who does? He made mistakes too. Right. Obviously. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a, a huge compliment real quick because one of the things I noticed at the U2 show um, was there there's a part in uh, where the streets have no name the begin the intro. Yes. And I've always thought that drummer drummers kind of have to kind of guide the band like they kind of have to guide the band to like you know to to each part. And one of the things I thought you did really, really cleverly is that that, that song has a really weird time signature. At yeah, the beginning. it's, it's the like six, six to eight at the beginning mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, six eight. But you were you were doing this thing where you were kind of like uh, you were almost creating a metronome where like the end of every every like so like on the one hitting the yeah the closed hi hat and then clicking it the other five beats. Yeah, and I was like I was like that's that and throughout the show I mean I was I was always blown away at all the all the things that you were able to do. Sure. And. Uh, and but that specifically, I was like, "Wow, he's really like he cares about keeping this thing right. on the on the thing." So that was from that was another Byron idea because he any band that he's like really into and, and does that stuff, he's always like, "Watch this live yeah. version," and that's what Larry Mullen Jr. does in Rattle and Hum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they start that song and. There's got to be some mystery keyboard player somewhere. Yeah, that plays with you. Yeah. He's underneath the stage. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it it freaks me out a little bit because like I know you hear those parts, but I never thought about it until mm-hmm. we played the show. Um, and Jim Knip is the guy who played the the keys parts, and he nailed them. Oh yeah, had mm-hmm. all these little like samples too that like he would hit them, and it would just like give me goosebumps. I'm like, this sounds like the CD. Right. This is yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, Larry Mullen's definitely like a human metronome for that band. Oh yeah, that's like his job. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, and it was just it was just kind of seeing it was cool seeing you kind of apply all that to it and it was, as well and it, it all just like was so seamless. I loved it. It, it was, was man was that show. that show was a blast and it was like really natural for everybody. Mm-hmm. Like Zach Harrison sort in a week or like two, that. dude. Yeah, I could just like blew me away. It. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I mean. I knew he could do it because he just like digs deep into anything he yeah. works on. Like he's takes his craft extremely seriously. Right. Like mm-hmm. I always know any project that I do that he's going to be a part of. If we're missing something, he will bring it up and he will be right most of the time. Yep. You know. Yeah. Especially yeah. with like time signatures or like mm-hmm. feels or whatever. Mm-hmm. And but. For him to learn like twenty some songs in like a week or two, was it's just insane. Nuts. Yeah, and especially those parts, which aren't always like the most easy, the easiest parts. They are deceptively complicated because yeah. I've tried to play some U two just in my own time, and it's especially when you start putting like the the echoes into it and yeah, all man. that. Yeah. You, and I think he talked about this on the show, or maybe that was when we had Byron on, and he was talking about the show before they actually did it. 
with the echoes on the guitars and all that, it's very easy to overplay because you're thinking, oh, well, if you're especially for somebody like me who doesn't use a lot of that stuff, you find yourself overplaying and it just sounds terrible. Sure, because it's just like you're you're throwing way too much into something that only needs a little bit. I think, right. like, the edge. Some people disparage him because they think he does. He's not like a ripper, right. you know. Yeah. No, he's not Stevie Ray Vaughan yeah. or whatever. But the things he does were never done by anybody no. before him. Yeah. He's got that like Eddie Van Halen thing where he invented some things. Right, much. exactly. And probably one of the last people to do something like that. Right, I right. think in a lot of ways. And I mean, I think I think that like mo- like people who kind of grow up in music nowadays, they don't appreciate it quite as much because they don't understand. Like it's a sound that's been overdone, obviously. Yeah, because everybody was like, "This sounds." freaking awesome right and this, they all stole it yeah like, they all stole it they were stuff. like this sounds that, cinematic like and they all they there's people who've done their own thing with it but it's a sound that's very very like common nowadays like you know reverberated echoed guitar that right. sounds like a synth right sure but it, people growing up nowadays they don't really they these kids will never understand <laughs> um they, they just don't get it that like the that that was something that wasn't something before that's, yeah man yeah. and i like, feel like that's also a sign of knowing like sort of when you've made it like when you've when you're being imitated when you're being imitated is the biggest form of flattery or whatever right yeah like this is another thing that i think about a lot because i think about this shit all the time um for every band that i hold super near and dear to my heart there's like at least five other bands that got influenced off of them that i hate (laughs) sure so it's like it's it's sort of funny in that way it's like that's how like i think in a lot of ways, people know that they've made it is when there are shitty versions of them. Like, <laughs> like Pearl Jam. Like Eddie Vedder. Yeah. yeah that's yep. a, that was one of the ones, yeah. Like, because I love for a while, Jam. everyone sang like, like Eddie Vedder. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and they like overemphasized right. it too. Yeah. When Scott people are Stapp. doing shitty versions of yourself, that's how you know you've made it. Right. Yeah. I, right. Just the, the underbite thing with the, right. with the vocals. I yeah. could not, <laughs> never got into it. Like, but I'll take it out of Eddie. Like, and there's there's always weird like associations when people are like, "Yo, when you're like Pearl Jam's my favorite band," and then they're like, "Oh, you must like Creed, you piece right. of shit." It's like, like, no, no, That's... nope. They they are they are nothing alike. <laughs> no, in my mind, nothing alike. Yeah, there's no Creed album that's anywhere close to like yield or something like yeah. that. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like Pearl Jam's. That's, that's, that's my favorite Pearl Jam album. Yeah, it's yeah. mine too. Oh really? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam's worst album is still better than Creed's best album. I was, Easily. I was just thinking about that. I don't know because on Saturday mornings I just listen to music and I'm like, I haven't listened to Pearl Jam in a long time. And I put Yield on. And I was like, Jeez, Louise, this Give album's it, just nuts. Given to Fly is like one of my favorite, like Pearl Jam songs. Period. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of deep cuts on that album. Brain of oh, yeah. Faithful. Wishless. Uh, Faithful is maybe my favorite Pearl Jam song. That's really. Just, I just I don't know. It just sounds awesome. It, it sounds does. great. Yeah. It sounds huge. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, the dynamics in it, like right. the, da, na, 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 the verses are real mellow, and right. then the chorus is just big. You know? Yeah. Right. Anyway, I'm getting off on a Pearl Jam. <laughs> we, no, we're, we're, we're here for it. That's another band. Well, that's one band that we agree on. We went and actually got to see them live. Yeah. Together. I, that's. I've never seen them live. I had an opportunity to, but I wasn't. A big enough badass to like skip a marching band thing in high school. Like all my friends are like, "Dude, screw that! Just come to the Pro Jam concert." I'm like, "No, yeah, get in trouble. I got to go play the quads at at, <laughs> right. the, at the stupid football game." Right? Yeah, and it's like a big regret of my life if you, that if I didn't you do just get blow the opportunity it off. again. 
take. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, yeah that's like a bucket list band, yeah. you know? Yeah. They, they were one of mine, and yeah. Yeah, they were mine, it. too. Um, I, 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 I had a chance to see them on the Backspacer tour, and I didn't go. And then when they came around for the Lightning Bolt tour, I was like, God, I have to go. Like, yeah. There's no any, amount of money that, you know. Whenever they're nearby again, I'm just going to, you know, if it's on a Tuesday, I'll have a shitty day at work the next day yeah or whatever yeah no I'll, I'll drive a couple hours go to the show and drive back that's know? what yeah that's yeah. one of those bands like i'll i'll like i'll come into work at eight o'clock in the morning if i saw pearl jam the night before sure. like i don't yeah. care right that and radiohead i have never seen radiohead live but um know. what was awesome is after we did that radiohead show me byron zach harrison and brad Bradley Leatherman. I don't know if you guys know him. Mm. He used, I've heard the name. He used to play in this. I th- I don't think the band's together anymore. Called Shades of Eye. Oh yeah, I we know. I know that band. Yeah. Uh, and he's a great, great guitarist. We all they. I was in Madison, Wisconsin, which was only a couple hours away for a wedding. So instead of like going to the re- rehearsal dinner, I just drove <laughs> <laughs> drove to Chicago and met those three guys. Like they drove one day, saw that show, and drove right back. So uh-huh. like it was like a month or two after we did that. It was kind of like a cool little capstone to right. months and months and months of slogging through yeah, <laughs> all right. those songs. Yeah. But it was, a, it was, and it was an awesome show. Yeah. Like, was it the United Center? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I saw him in Kansas City and both shows were completely different. That's what and I love about them. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's what I love about Pearl Jam and Radiohead is like, because I, I, I always like look at set lists like I'm a cheater. So like, but I looked at the Pearl Jam set list like the night before, and I was like, "Oh man, they didn't play Daughter, which is my right. favorite Pearl Jam song." Right. And then like the night that they did play, the night that we saw them, they played Daughter, and I was like, "Oh hell yeah!" We were in different so. seats because I I'd gotten tickets through my cousin because that was the fall after I graduated college, and my cousin you know came up for graduation. He's like, you know. Well, you know, we're both Pearl Jam fans. He's like, well, I'm in, the, I'm in the fan club, so you know, I always the, get first. The Ten crack. Club, or whatever. Yeah, ten is. Club, yeah. yeah. And he's like, you know, so I always get first crack at tickets. If they come and play St. Louis, you know, I'll get it. Right. Two days after he went home, they announced that tour in St. Louis. He's like, well, shit, I got you know, yeah. that was too recent for me to sure. to deny saying that. Right. So he got me a ticket, and I swear to God, I'm I'm being only half facetious here. So we were in different sections. Like my my cousin and I were on the floor. You were you were up in the seats, right? Yeah. And like when I heard that dun dun dun, I was like, I can hear Derek right now. Like <laughs> <Yeah>. I can hear. <laughs> you probably like, heard me scream like a little girl. Right. I mean, yeah. then you probably heard me like do that ah thing too. But <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. That's... yeah. That's just like that's one of those bands that has sort of like Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. It's just like a soundtrack. Yeah. Like different parts of your life basically. oh oh my god like yeah music yeah so. like no no doubt about it i got into pearl jam when i was in middle school i think right and that was one of the only bands from that time of my life that i still sure pay any heed to yeah i have a funny i have a, a kind of a cool pearl jam story but when i was in high school i went to the school that all my friends didn't go to right and uh i had a i had like a i had i think i had their self-titled album but that basically like the avocado the avocado yeah. yeah um but that uh that album was just like that almost that almost probably my favorite just because it was like the soundtrack to like me not knowing anybody in high school sure. and like getting to know people and stuff like that i like that but, one too some people like i don't know they kind of like sleep on it dude i like love it, it. worldwide suicide was probably though the avocado album is not my favorite 
Pearl Jam album. It's the album that came out that I was like, okay, I'm a Pearl Jam fan. Yeah. Because Worldwide Suicide came out, and this should tell you how old, how long ago this was. Like, I had my MySpace profile, <laughs> and Pearl Jam was just like, oh yeah, we got a new album coming out. Here's the first single, and I heard that, I was like, whoa, like I really, really like that. Yeah. Yep. And, I think Comeback is one of the best songs they've ever written. But yeah. That's just me. But. I totally meant to get us off on a pro dream tangent too, so <laughs> yeah glad that happened yeah we're, we're it'll happen basically like basically like there's like there's like a list of like 10 bands that if it, either one of us will go out on a tangent if you come and bring it up on the I'm podcast sure, right. I'm sure, i've listened to a couple i'm like i know i know this is gonna work i'll just say <laughs> he did his i'll just work. say like pearl jam and then <laughs> I'll, go, I'll be like oh, oh man 30 minutes, 30 minutes later yeah. we'll still be talking about it yeah, yeah. exactly um we won't go on that that long but you know um but uh for all the other drummers that are listening i kind of also want to talk about the uh kind of like what you uh like your gear like what you're uh what you're kind of using as far as you know drums are concerned and what you have used preferences you know like that yeah so um brian kent at access percussion who is a great resource for any drummer the guy's like a gear guru like Mm -hmm. I ask his opinion on anything I'm going to look at or buy. Mm-hmm. And I had gotten like a tax return or something like had a, had enough money that I was like, now's the time to like upgrade my drum set. And he subtly steered me in the right direction of there was this, what I play now, like for most of the big shows I do is a Ludwig Maple classic drum set okay. and the rap on it. They call it Black Oyster Pearl. It's this same rap that Ringo has had on his like original drum kit. You know, the mm-hmm. one you see, the one that was on like every show they played or yeah. whatever. Uh-huh. Um, and it is a killer, great sounding drum set. I mean, it just sounds like the 60s when you play it. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And everybody who like sits down at it is like, it's just, it's one of those you could take like on an arena tour or whatever. And yeah. Then, I'm glad that I when I had the money I spent it on it because it was not cheap. Like yeah, any yeah. any good gear is not. But no, it's not. Yeah. Um, and it's just like a four piece kit. So I play kind of like a more stripped down drum set. I I used to when I was younger, you know, like want a bunch of splash cymbals and a bunch of different toms and stuff. But I don't know it, whether it's laziness or <laughs> just. I, I think that's a common musician thing. Yeah. I, I do the same thing with guitar. Is like I've got a good deal of pedals and stuff like that. But there's always like the three or four that I'm just like, Nope, I just bees. Yeah. And, and I'm good. it's just like, you start to realize that more stuff doesn't make you a better player. Right. And if you can't do it with the, the basics then you're mm-hmm. not going to be able to do it at all. And it's just, I don't know. It's just works for me. Yeah. It like yeah. feels comfortable getting around a drum set like that. I'm not thinking, Oh man, I haven't hit that Tom or something like yeah. that. You know? Like if I if I wasn't gonna use it, then why would I have it? Right. Um, and then the symbols I used, I love I love Zildjian symbols, and I love this company called Istanbul, which is like a newer. Yeah. Yeah. It's I've, really kind of like, it's sort of trendy, and maybe I've gotten into them because of that. But all these players that I love use Istanbul symbols, mm-hmm. and they're just great, high quality symbols. So I've got. Uh, a ride symbol that I actually also got from Access Percussion. It was used, and I got a really good deal on it. And they, there's this jazz drummer named Mel Lewis, who was like a a big band drummer, kind of like a Buddy Rich kind of guy. Yeah. And they took his symbols after he passed away and like recreated them into these, you know, crash symbols and ride symbols. And it just sounds 
freaking awesome. It just it sounds like <laughs> old and vintage, but it's new and nice. So yeah, that's like one of my go-to symbols. And then I also just have like a set of Zildjian A's, which are like if you hear a rock album, like Zildjian newbie A hi hats are like what people use. Right. Most yeah. Of and I can't get rid of them because I just I don't know they sound awesome. They work. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like getting rid of like like if you're if you're a if you're like a studio guy it's kind of like getting rid of like an SM57 microphone like yeah. they they use they're used all the time but like they're like a hundred dollar microphone you know so or it's a like tube screamer if you're a guitar player right exactly it's like if it, like it's a staple so you got to right. just keep it because it sounds good but right. I don't let any drummer tell you they're not a gearhead because like yeah. we all are we mm-hmm. all sit there and watch YouTube videos of like different symbols you know I like watch Steve Jordan and he's got these big like. 17 inch hi hats that just sound massive and awesome and mm-hmm. like washy and so you know he plays them on all those john mayer albums or yeah, whatever right. and it's just like man if i had if i had enough money i'd buy all this stuff right you know? yeah oh yeah just I've, if you want to get a drummer to go off about gear ask him about their snare drum or their ride cymbal yeah, those yeah two that's things. that's the that's the one thing i was like right. i we're, we gotta talk about snares um but when the snare they use is the one that is in your set right sure um, I have a, I have a couple different ones cause every drummer has to have multiple snare drums. Right. I have a Ludwig Superlight, which is like kind of lo- a lower level one. It's like, it's a, it's like that, not, it's a little bit above entry level, but it's not as like expensive as a Superphonic or a Black, a Black Beauty. A Black Beauty is like, that's the snare drum. Right. And it costs whatever, 900 bucks just for that's the snare nuts. drum. That's nuts. Right. I know. If I had if I had enough money, I would buy one today. Yeah. But, uh, but I I really like the Superlight, and as long as you take care of it and like tune it up and get it sounding how you want to sound how you want it to sound, it sounds perfect. Right. Uh, Byron has this DW snare that I steal all the time because it also <laughs> sounds great. Uh, that's the one I played on the U two show, and it was just I listened back to like some videos or recordings, and it sounded exactly like it needed to sound like it, i was really pleased with that i'm not always pleased with how snare sounds right. on a live right, recording, yeah. but it sounded like larry mullen jr's snare drum right and the other one i use a lot uh i just got not too long ago it's a ludwig acrylite which is a little thinner and it's like a kind of like a funk snare like mm-hmm. james brown or okay, something yeah. right but i'm always tinkering with stuff but mm-hmm. that's kind of like the rotation i have gotcha and for different shows i'll use different ones and i'm always kind of like every drummer is always some drummers are like locked in with what they with what they've got and it mm-hmm. works for them and like they figured it out i don't think i ever will i think i'll be like messing <laughs> right. with stuff that's that's always forever. half the fun of, of being a musician is just like you're never quite or, i mean i know i'm i'm not quite the gearhead that you are Derek, but like there's always this one thing in my setup and it's like, you know, maybe if I try something else there or, you know, there's always going to be that little bit that like I will never be completely satisfied with. And that thing will change from day to day some days. Yeah. Right. But it's, then, I, that's half the fun of it, I think, is always just sort of playing around with it just a little bit. Well, I definitely think snares is always like I anytime like I, I, I to me, if I ever play with somebody and they only have one snare, I'm I, sure. it's kind of like that little bit of disposition in your head. Like, right. Oh, man, you're limiting yourself, aren't you? I used to be that guy. I used to like when I when I was younger and 
I wasn't taking it as seriously or I didn't have as much money. I'd have like one snare drum mm-hmm. and I wasn't good about tuning it or taking care of it or whatever. But then like as I've matured and taken the craft of drumming and like sounding good more seriously, I, mm-hmm. I've expanded a little bit. And it's just, I don't, I don't, it's also like as you mature as a player, you're exploring other territory or whatever. Once right. you get comfortable on an instrument, then you feel like you can add more stuff in or, exactly. or experiment a little bit more, you know, mm-hmm. take some chances that you might not otherwise you know? yeah and it's 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 interesting for snares too because i think that um in application with a snare like there are certain instances where to me to me like a good snare sound is like is it has like a uh, oddly enough it has a good bottom end too so it's got like a n- nice like an, it's uh, it sounds like an explosion essentially sure. you know so it's got pop but it's also got the little little low endness right thwack. yeah right. A good thwack right, right. but um, there are certain instances where that muddies up whatever you're doing too. So you Especially want recording. Man. Oh my God. Yeah. Like if you have a lot of, and, and I had to learn kind of by, by making mistakes on this. If mm-hmm. you have a lot of like ringing the overtones in your snare drum, it'll screw up a recording so quick. Oh my God. Yeah. It'll yeah. like, sometimes you won't even realize, but like your snare will be by default, if you're not careful, tuned to a specific note, mm-hmm. and it'll just ring over a whole song or whatever. Right. And I think this is kind of like a more modern thing, but everybody like dampens their snare drums a mm-hmm. lot more now, using like Moon Gel or a wallet or whatever. Right. And I do a lot of that. I've gotten into that. It's some people call it cheating, but I think whatever, however you can get the sound you want out of an instrument. Yeah, how you figure you out? It, there's no right or wrong way to do it. No, you know? definitely not. Yeah, um, yeah, and I mean it's, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I what I was gonna say. But that, that's uh, that's a a sentiment that I wish was a bit more widespread, just in music in general, of having no right or wrong way to do sure. it. Because I mean, you see it all the time. It's you know, if you're a guitar player, it's like, oh well, if you're gonna get a chorus pedal, like you have, to yeah, get this one. It's, right. Well. I mean, obviously, you don't want to get a bad one, or you don't want to use a bad amp or something. But sure. also, there 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 is a, a thing that I don't think enough people take into account of: does it work for you? Right, right. And if like, that's how it, you know if for some reason, like it, if you're if you're a guitar player, I'll speak to that because that's what I know best. You know, if it's like, well, you know, the only way I can get the sound that works for me is if I stuff a pillow into my amplifier or something sure. like that. If, yeah. Let's say that does something. I don't know what that would do. But if that's how you get the sound that works for you, so be it. Yeah. You know? and, and some people, like, they could play, you know, like a Squire or whatever. Yeah. I'm talking like a Nobel guitarist, but I don't know. <laughs> or just some, like, you know, lower level piece of equipment, but... They'll play it, and it sounds totally different than when somebody else plays exactly. it. It's like, it's like anything else. Like gear's not gonna make you who you are as a player. Like, it's yeah. It's it's a real heavy medium because you like if you're trying to be professional about it, you want nice equipment, you yeah. want quality stuff. But I've always tried to like tell myself that like, you know, you'll think, oh, I get that bass drum pedal, I'm gonna sound more like John mm-hmm. Bonham or whatever. Yeah. That's not how it works. Right. It's, not, it's good to have nice, cool good equipment but right. you can't let it get in your head that like oh if i get I, this right. i'm gonna be right. such a better right. player or whatever right well and it's a lot about all, like your philosophy is like when you approach something you know right. like and it's like what like we're talking about john bonham it's like it's not 
John Bonham wasn't the wasn't the player because of what he had. No, it was a hundred percent how hard he hit the shit, how well he hit the shit. Sure. Like, yeah, and he just like I don't know it with drummers like guitar players. They just there's a natural feel to the way people play, mm-hmm. and like it's hard to imitate his because it's him, you know. Right, right. like yeah. it's it's super hard as a drummer. To like listen to somebody play the drums and go, that is that person. Mm-hmm. He's maybe the one drummer that like no matter what, anybody who likes rock music and all is like, oh, that's Sean Bonham. Right. Immediately yeah. they exactly. like know it. I mean, he created the drum intro. Yeah. I think. I mean, um, you know, and, and this is especially good to bring up because you do a lot of the tribute things. Right. I'm I'm in one of them right now. Um, it's hard to do. Yeah. Man. A lot of times because it's like especially if you've been playing for a bit and you sort of have your own way of doing things and then you go into these tribute things and it's like, well, okay, I need to sound like John Bottom or something like that. That could be completely counterintuitive to how you yourself would do it. You know, it's like, you know, if I'm trying to imitate Keith Richards and he does this one thing, this one certain way in a way that I've never done it, but that's the only way you can really nail what he does. Right. That's hard work trying to go against your brain. Right. It's, it's a real, and I've kind of, I've kind of like come to this spot and I'll always say this to Byron. He'll be like, man, you got to learn it this way. And I'm like, dude, I'll learn it, but I'm going to do my own thing a little bit. Too, right. You know? And he's always like, okay. And then at the end he's like, you're right. That was way better right. than if you're like in your own head. Trying yeah. to play it note for note the yeah. way it is, right? Because um, yeah. that it will happen. You will just completely just overthink it then, and then it's sure. or at least I do. I, I don't know about you. Um, yeah, no, uh, I overthink you get, it. Yeah, <laughs> you big get time. way too in your own head, and then oh when that God. part comes up, invariably you fuck it up. Yeah, I mean, and I, that those like that being anxious about that stuff's gonna affect your right. performance or whatever. So you just kind of like do your homework, be prepared, but right. also don't be afraid to like let a little of your own. Right. Don't be a total like slave to it, I guess. Right. There's some Jason Bonham, who's John Bonham's son. Well, there's some quote from him that was like, when he was playing with Led Zeppelin or first started playing with them, he was really struggling. He's like having a hard time learning all the fills note for note, like everybody would want to playing right. Bonham stuff. And I can't remember who it was. I think, I think maybe it was Robert Plant or something was like, why don't you just play like Jason and John will come through? And he's like, after that, it worked. Like right. it was so much better after he's just like, yeah, I'm, I'm my own guy. I don't have to do exactly what my dad did. Right. And he's a killer drummer. Like you hear He's him, so good. Yeah. You hear like that O2 show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Celebration day. Yeah. Yes. That's what I've used to learn those songs because. Oh my God. Yeah. His dad did not count things really. Nope. Right. <laughs> he was in some form of disrepair most of the time so <laughs> yeah. the That's live the, the live versions when he was playing with them could be all over the place they're all great and they're all him but they're not super structured all right. the time mm-hmm. the way he played that show they played songs they never played live before you mm-hmm. know and he nailed it like that he i i'm sure he made mistakes but i listened to that performance and i'm like holy moly like you can hear him clicking like a little bit yeah, I do that a lot, like you were saying, the YouTube thing, but it just helps keep a band together. Right. It helps the song flow better. Right, exactly. And he was doing all that stuff. Like, I that's if I'm trying to learn one of those songs as like a live version, I listen to that recording. Yeah. It's, because he did such a great job figuring it all out. That's one of my favorite, like, I mean, I love like live concerts. That's one of my favorite ones to like put on. 
It's like, so good. It's it's it insane. makes me. I want them to tour with him. Yeah, as the drummer. Exactly. Like maybe like do like like five shows in the U.S. It, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. Think. But if he, all, he, all you have to Jimmy do is just... and Robert are too sick of each other. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think with Robert Plant, he's older. And his. I think some of those songs he feels like he can't perform like yeah. he used right. to. You know? Like, I saw him in Chicago last summer, mm-hmm. maybe. And he did a great job. But I, I'm kind of an idiot when it comes to, like, keys and stuff. But I could tell they were playing some of them, like, down a little bit. So yeah. he could hit the notes that he was needing to hit. But it was a great show, and it yeah. made me just want to see Led Zeppelin. Right, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I would go see Robert Plant anytime he's close. But right, it made me. It just made me like anxious right. for a Led yeah, Zeppelin show, which will never happen. Well, and that's what's cool about like I mean, people like you and Byron who put on these things is that's just like, I mean, like I, I would like to see you two eventually. But man, if I like. It, it's so it's it's so in, it's so great seeing what you guys bring to it because you can basically just close your eyes and like man this I, sounds I pre- so good i appreciate that sometimes it doesn't feel that way but it's good it's good to hear it i mean we you get as close as you can but you also have to just let it be you right a bit exactly too. one of the the cool parts about those shows is i i have seen you two live and there were things that you guys played that you two will never play. Sure. And sure. that was the cool part of that for me. It was like, you know, I have seen you two. If you've heard it on the radio, the show that I went to, chances are they played it at that show. They, right. they had a really hit heavy show, but they didn't play Silver and Gold, yep. which you guys did. And when you all clicked into that riff, I was like, oh my God, yep. playing Silver That's, and Gold. Like That uh, was the cool part of it for me. It's seeing the stuff. Byron the, loves rattling hump. Right. You love like I think he's memorized that whole right, freaking sure. thing. Yeah. But that's always the cool part about those shows with me is is more often than not you see the things that the that the real, you know, that Bono and the Edge and Larry and Adam would never do like. Sure. Mm-hmm. And, and that's yeah. that's where I get my kicks out of those shows. Right. And and, it, and I know there's some people who I think will never be into the cover band thing or like tribute show thing, which is fine. Like if it's not your thing, no need to to do it or, or go to the shows if you don't want to. But mm-hmm. it, for me, it's, it's just as much practicing your craft as like writing music in some yep. ways. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. I, songwriting is something so foreign to me and I admire it so much. I cannot do it. I can, I can never do it. Like I can help write drum parts. I like make up drum parts, mm-hmm. but it's, I mean, it's so fun to like play all these songs. I learn all these songs that when you're a little kid listening to them, you were thinking, all I want to do is play at a venue and play these songs. And yeah. then you get to play right. at the freaking blue note and yeah. play like Led Zeppelin songs or something. Yeah, exactly. Why wouldn't I do that? Why wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. And also like, why wouldn't you go? Why wouldn't as, as a listener, why wouldn't you want to go see that? True. Like if you're not doing anything on a Saturday night and you love you too, or you love Led Zeppelin, like if you got $10 in your pocket, just go and see this. And like, it's, you know, it's obviously not the real, not the real thing, but it's like the closest fucking thing yeah. you're going to get in mid Missouri. Like, think, I think with the cover band experience, I think a lot of people do get turned off by bad cover bands. Sure. But are there any though, like in in Colombia at least? In Colombia, not that I know of. Yeah. Um, but I'm just saying in general, there's always like I think there's a bad association with a, it. A I bad think. association where it's like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna go see a Who cover band. The lead sure. singer is is, you know, obviously not Roger Daltrey. The drummer right. plays more like Charlie Watts than he does Keith Moon. Well, I, I think you know, yeah, I think if 
there's bands like that who don't put enough into it. Right. They're not going to do it more than once or twice. But I don't right. think there's anybody here in town. No, who every everybody. I mean, every musician that I play with now in Columbia, whether they have a day job where they work sixty hours a week, they're they're all doing it just because they like love music. And right. you make right. a little bit of money off of it, but when you like tally up how much you're making an hour with practices <laughs> and all that stuff it's not a money-making venture you no. know right it's more because you like love it and right you love the songs or if you're doing original stuff you want to like be creative and create your own thing right. or if you're doing like tribute or cover stuff it's just because you like enjoy the craft of right learning songs playing them putting a little bit of your own personality into them but trying to like accurately reflect some piece of art that you have always enjoyed and you want to exactly i, I mean Nobody, nobody ever calls like jazz musicians cover musicians. But you go see a jazz, like a jazz trio or a combo, they're all playing like the standards that everybody plays, yeah. Yeah. or somebody else's piece of music. It's, I think it's just more with like rock bands. People look at it as a cover band and not people trying to like practice their craft or like right. put their own spin yeah. on a piece of music that they love. Right. And I, I think love is sort of the the key ingredient there not to be cliche or anything no i don't i don't think that's cliche again here in town you know when you go see interstellar overdrive there's nobody in that band i don't think that's just like yeah pink floyd okay they practice so like right sometimes i'll hear about how long they did a practice and i was like man i I would lose my mind yeah by the end of however many hours if you didn't love it yeah there's no reason why you you would stick around for four hours you don't go see you know the people in orchard fire and they're just like yeah fleetwood mac you know whatever you know you you talk to these people and it's like oh man so you know this one song on the back half of rumors is like right. my favorite, you know, something like yeah. that. Sure. It's like they've obviously like yeah, they're they're serious about it. They're right. trying to like put everything they've got into yeah. a piece of music and recreate yeah. it as best they can. Right, you know? and right. I think that's that's sort of the the thing in in a cover band that you really need is you have to have an overriding passion sure. for that for that band or for that music where it's just like no, Agreed. like this this means something to me. It's not yeah. just like yeah, I get to go out and you know it's whatever. And it's just, I don't know, it's just fun. It's just yeah. a blast. Right. But like, that's that's the thing is, like, you always have, no matter what you're doing, music-wise, you'll have somebody somewhere make a negative comment about right. it, and you just kind of, like, brush that off. Right, keep exactly. Doing what you're doing. Yeah. Just because that's part of putting yourself out there, whether you're playing original music or whether you're playing somebody else's music, is there's, you're putting the, yourself out there and, like, opening yourself up to that, and you just kind of be confident in what you're doing and know that you like it and know that other people enjoy it and just forge ahead, you know? Yeah, definitely. That's a good way to cap it, I think. Um, but, um, yeah, this was, this was awesome. Um, but uh, can, can you, uh, do you, do you have anything coming up as far as the, um, as far as what, what's, what's, what's on the horizon for, be? for Hobart? Where am I going to be? Oh my gosh. Um, well, I think, Sometime in the next few months, we're going to be Mercury Trio and friends. <laughs> There's going to be um, a lot of guests. We're going to be doing a Zeppelin show. Okay. So I don't think it's been announced yet, but it's happening. Okay. So I'm not going to get too far ahead, but we're going to do that. It should be a lot of fun. And there'll be a lot of musicians that you guys know and that anybody who listens to this podcast will know right. sitting in and playing guitar, singing and stuff. And it's going to be a blast. And I'm going to have to like drink Red Bull before it because <laughs> I can't. It's going to be a couple hours worth of John Bonham songs. So I'm going to have to really like right. get a good night's rest or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's going to be rough. 
I've agreed to things that are maybe some of the most nerve wracking things I've ever right. done live. Yeah. You know, certain songs, and I'm like, why am I, why am I doing <laughs> this? But that's how you get better. Right. So exactly. That's the big thing. Otherwise, you know, I'm always playing at Cooper's Landing or you know, Roachport General Store or Rose or wherever. Mm-hmm. So I think the biggest thing though is that the Zeppelin show that I know people who listen to this podcast might like. So keep yeah. your eyes out for that. And the the drummer show I'm talking about that uh, I can't the one, really the that you can't talk about. Right. Yeah. It's a band that if you dig rock music and you dig especially like eighties rock music, you'd like it. So, okay. That's that's narrowing it down a little right. bit. A little bit. I don't yeah. want to get get ahead of myself too much. Now I'm still I'm I'm still trying to to, to play the elimination game there. I'm yeah. Like, okay. Hold on. <laughs> but they already lot. did you two. So you know, yeah. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun whenever it, whenever it does happen, which I'm sure it will. But we're still like in the really preliminary stages. But it's been funny to like reach out to these different drummers and. They all immediately said yes, and then they all immediately said, "I want to do this song." So it's oh, like nice. I'm I'm learning how it is to be like the organizer of one of these things. Are they all so. picking? Are they all end up picking different songs, or is it all? I'm trying to narrow it down for myself in the head. Is it all? Are they all picking one song? No. Okay, so they, they're all picking they, different. They've songs. all named okay. different ones. That's good. And I'm have to be. I'm. And I've told them all. I'm like, I'm not gonna be greedy. This is about you know, like a community thing. So mm-hmm. and. And I very could have easily like just been like I want to do this myself, but I really I I feel strongly about like you guys were saying you know like you guys are doing for guitarists and guitar gear and stuff. I've like thought maybe we need to do something where the drummers get a little bit of the spotlight. We want so. I, I I mean any drummers out there that are listening, I right. you guys have an open invitation. Right. I mean we're not oh. just limiting to this to people who play instruments with strings. Yeah, yeah. instruments that we play. Like there's, yeah. there's drummers way better than me. You could have on here. <laughs> Whatever. Be, self-deprecating musician, but yeah, there's people who are just awesome, awesome drummers that I'm sure would have a lot of insight for you yeah. guys too. We, we so. hope they take that offer. I hard. hope they do too, because I I will listen to it. So yeah. we're, we are serious about that. We're not just saying that. Yeah, even though the, the like the podcasts usually feature like a guitar pedal like demo beforehand, right. we we open the invitation to any Columbia musicians that are. Are you guys demoing one before this episode? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> what What is it? So we're demoing the uh, Walrus Audio Julia, which is. Not, that is a name, man. That is not down there. Um, I packed it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, it was like right there, like two hours ago. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing a recording session, so I'm taking all, all my stuff over to it. So, cool. um, but the uh, it's a it's a chorus pedal, so it's just it's like think. I mean, think like '80s, the Pretenders, the Colts, cult, cult, that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I lo- I I think I've talked to you yep. on Facebook. I, yep. What's his name? Duffy. Billy Duffy. Billy Duffy. Duffy. Oh my God. Like I love Billy Duffy. The way he plays guitar is just I love that. You know, like I don't know what these pedals are, but I'd be like, hey, do you know this song? How do you make this sound? Right. Oh, yeah. I have fashioned a good deal of my rig around Billy Duffy. <laughs> if I could afford one of those big white Gretsch hollow bodies, yeah. I would have one. But they're like three thousand dollars. <laughs> he's a guitar player. I had to like look him up because he's not somebody people talk yeah. about a lot. But I, I, I just love the way he plays this, I, his guitar sounds. You know, I yeah. could we I could do an entire episode of this show just about my. Lo- it would be a big giant love letter to Billy Duffy. Sure. I don't know if he's my favorite favorite guitar player, but he's he's pretty he, high on the list. Uh, yeah. yeah, he's um, one that like 
as a drummer, I don't. I, if yeah. if a guitar player like stands out to me, and I, I'm usually like locked in on whatever the drummer's doing, but yeah. with that band, I'm like, whoa, who's this guy? Yeah. Right. And the cool thing about it is he's not playing anything terribly complicated. Sort of but like that. Yeah. It's just like the cool way he like portrays it. Right. You know. It's it. It's not all technique with him. It's like he just knows how to make the sound right. that he's trying to get. Yeah. Right. And that is something that appeals to me hugely and like i said i'm a huge cult fan um the so, band yeah the band, the band. Not, not like actual like you know david <laughs> love Cult. one of us not jim jones or anything like that but, um yeah i sorry i thought we were talking about cults i love jim right, jones right I don't, yeah i was gonna go to a branch down in waco or something <laughs> like that, but, yeah it trust i could talk about the cult for a very, I'm very sure. long time. I think Probably, By- Byron's trying to do a, a, a cult tribute he show. He always brings these up. Yeah. Like the minute... If he pe- does, even if it's just to come on for one song, I would love sure. to have a hand in that. He keeps asking me to play bass for it, but I'm like... <laughs> I just don't... I don't I don't know that band as well, so right. I'm like, I'll, he, like, I'll do it. Like, but. Um, he's got these like plans in his head that are like years down the road yeah. sometimes, I think. And I'm like, hey, don't tell me everything you want to do because it'll just make me stressed right if you want me to be a part of it ask me if you want somebody else to be a part of it bring them in the fold too right so i don't i don't need to do all the byron shows i, I can give the drum seat to other people right sure. yeah well cool um well ryan won't be playing uh, this episode will probably come out on friday um ryan won't be playing tomorrow night but uh he i, I guess i assume you'll be there at the nxs show yeah yeah so Definitely. and we will be there as well so yeah. if you guys are out um go to that show and then uh keep, look look up mercury trio one of the best tribute acts in uh, in columbia and uh all the other stuff nate uh the um tanner lee band look for that stuff and marcella's ghost which is a marcella's little, ghost yeah uh that's like the original band that I have the biggest hand in. It's sort of like the Wood Brothers. You know the Wood Brothers mm-hmm. at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's sort of like it's a trio thing, and it's like kind of like folky, jazzy stuff. It's way way different than Led Zeppelin or okay, right. or whatever. Uh-huh. So it's but that's how I like to do things. I like to play all sorts of different kinds of music. So. Definitely. Well, uh, keep an eye out for all the things that that Ryan does. Um, he's an excellent drummer, and all the things he involves himself with are yeah. always super super solid. Um, but yeah, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll call it wrap yeah. a bow on that. Thank you, Ryan, for no, coming on. Thank you guys. Yeah, this, this is a good one. Let yeah. me like dork out talking about different bands. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. like, that's how we spend most of our yeah. lives. Yeah. So that's, that's how I spend most of my time too. So <laughs> yeah. Anybody who wants to talk about any band. Or whatever, <laughs> right. We might just have people come on to talk. Like if they're like, man, I was jamming out to Radiohead the other day. Sure. I'll, I'll come on. Let's talk about it. Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> Um, cool. Well, we'll, we'll call it a day there. Um, thank you guys for listening. Um, and we'll be back hopefully next week. Yeah. Later.